This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing home health industry. Hey, welcome to Home Health Revealed. I am your host, Michael Greenley. I have my co-host here with me this morning, Hannah Vale. What's up, Hannah? Hey, everybody. It's a really so, great day. Well, it is a good day. In fact, I'm drinking your coffee. Um, and uh, so... Hannah, you, you like coffee. I, I love coffee. In fact, you you said it one time in one of our podcasts. I think we lost uh, three or four viewers there with that comment. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I am drinking our coffee. It is actually really good. Um, and so what's what's really interesting about Hannah is every time we have to travel, right? We go to different conferences and stuff to, to check out what's going on in different states and so forth. But every time we travel, the first thing Hannah does is she looks up where a coffee place is at Mm -hmm. like a local one that roasts locally if i can find it i love to experience local coffee yeah what's what's interesting about that is if i'm not paying attention we'll we'll be 20 miles off grid going to a coffee place (laughs) i know where we're going and it's usually worth the stop yeah i I don't think so anyhow hey we've got a great guest today who's who's our guest who's talking to us yeah let's get on today's show get on with it i am very excited to introduce you to today's guest so jessica cook is here with us today to talk to us about home health coding jessica is an rn she has a bachelor of science in nursing she has over 20 years of experience in healthcare, with the last 10 focused on coding in oasis Jessica has worked firsthand as a leader in home health, as well as OASIS and coding management. So Jessica, I'm going to start with just the basics Mm -hmm. for people like me. What exactly is coding for home health? Okay. So I know that when people hear, oh, you're a coder, you know, they don't really think a whole lot about it, but it is an extremely complex thing. Um, it changes so much. Um, every year we come out with a new code set. Um, and even, even within that year, there's, there's changes happening. So, you know, to be a successful coder, you have to be on top of your game all the time. You, you have to constantly stay abreast of the, the new guidance that's coming out. Um, because like I said, it's ever changing. So, um, as a home health coder and reviewer myself, um, you know, we comb through sometimes hundreds and hundreds of pages, literally, of referral information. Um, we review the clinician documentation, and then we basically piece it together like a puzzle to make sure that we are painting that picture of that patient so when the next clinician that goes out to see that patient, when they pick up that chart, they know exactly what they're walking into, literally, you know, with home health. You know, they, they know what they're going into. They know what to expect. They know what the patient needs. Um, and so that, that falls on not just the clinician, but also the coder. So, you know, Jessica, we're seeing a lot of costs go up, right? I, have you, mm-hmm. you been to a grocery store lately? I have. So I don't go very often, but I did go to the bacon aisle, and I like bacon. And my bacon has doubled in price. Like it went yeah. from like seven to 11. I know that's not really double numbers. I'm from Ozark, so our math is a little <laughs> jaded. But I mean, that's a lot for bacon. And yeah. it's just a pound. I'm not getting any more bacon. Right. Mm-hmm. 
those pigs are getting really pricey. Well, so, uh, you know, I bring that up. It doesn't correlate at all with what we're talking about. But but pricing uh, across the board is going up, right? And, and unfortunately, when pricing is going up, service is actually going down. And and so each, each agency and, and really all business owners are looking for ways to say, okay, how do I – how do I streamline my processes? How do I maximize my, my, you know, my reimbursement? And, and so it, it's not all about um, when you're reviewing a chart and, and when you're looking at, at the codes and, and, and so forth, it's not all about just the reimbursement. There's, there's other factors into the review of the Oasis, like outcomes and star ratings. Tell us a little bit more about what you're seeing in today's marketplace when you're reviewing some of these charts. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, a lot of people focus on that dollar. And even though that is very important, you know, we want to see positive outcomes. We want to see that patient get better. And a lot of times that patient may actually be getting better and showing an improvement, but the clinician's not capturing that on the OASIS. So it's our job to educate the clinicians on how to properly score an OASIS. Um, because many times the start of care or the rock, the research, they're not scored correctly. So when it comes time to discharge that patient, they may stay the same. So CMS doesn't really care. Like the way that they're looking at that is, oh, they just stayed the same. They plateaued. They didn't get better. So all that they're wanting to see is that the patient got better. They don't care that they didn't get worse. They want to see that the patient got better. And that's what we want to see, too. Um, it's so that the outcomes, um, you know, the five star ratings and, and all of that, it all kind of just goes hand in hand. So why, why is that piece important though? Cause you know, in a lot, a lot of, a lot of agencies I talk with, um, they're concerned about, you know, reimbursement, which I know that's a big piece of it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit more about how the, how the outcomes impact and what that, what, how that impacts the agency and then what's the star ratings and how's that impact an agency and and when you're reviewing these charts what do you when what are you typically seeing yeah um well like i said like they kind of go hand in hand because it, it all comes from you know that initial oasis um or that rock and then to discharge um the five star ratings you know there's there's several embedded questions within the oasis um, like the respiratory, um, their bathing, they want to see that they are improving upon discharge. And we all know that every agency wants to be at the top of that list when they have referral sources or they have, you know, patients in the community that are looking at the home health compare that you can go on, um, you know, the internet and pull up the home health compare. Anybody can do it. And it will give you the agencies in your area. And it'll give you those star ratings and it'll actually break down those areas like they had this percentage of patients that improved with bathing or declined with bathing. So, of course, like I said, they all want to be at the top of that list because that means increased referrals. Um, and, and again, the patient, too, that's, that's the main thing. We want the patient to get better. And you want to take credit for that. Like I said, so many times clinicians... They're not taking credit for the work that they're actually doing. So the Oasis is really just a piece of it, but what about the plan of care? How does that come into play? Mm -hmm. So the plan of care, um, 
it's it, again I say paint the picture it is also helping to paint that picture because it tells us what the patient needs um, it needs to be patient specific so many times I'll look at a plan of care and it's not patient specific it'll have interventions and goals on there for things that don't necessarily pertain to the patient um, or it doesn't have an intervention and goal related to the primary diagnosis, which is huge. You, you must have something on the plan of care that focuses on your primary diagnosis because otherwise, if that chart's pulled for an audit, then they're going to be like, well, you've got this as your primary diagnosis, but you're not even addressing it. So you, you've got to be sure that all of your interventions and goals are patient-specific, and they need to be clear because, again, the clinician – you know, that started care clinician, that's not going to be the only clinician that sees that patient. There's going to be other clinicians that go out to the home to see that patient. So this is their guide on what they need to take to the patient's home and what they're going to be doing when they get to the patient's home. So it's got to be clear. Um, it's got to be specific. It's got to be measurable. You don't want to put a goal in there that's not measurable. Um, another thing that we see so much is that um, start a care clinician on the plan of care, they'll put goals and interventions for everything under the sun. But you got to step back and ask yourself, is the patient going to be able to actually meet these goals in 60 days? Probably not, because you're only seeing that patient maybe once a week. There's no way that the patient's going to meet all of this by the end of the episode. So you want to make sure that it's a reasonable and measurable goal. So I'm no clinician, even though I do have access to WebMD. Same. Of course. So, um, but, okay, so this sounds a little bit, a little complex, right? So you're saying with the OASIS, when you're reviewing the OASIS, the things that, that can impact an agency is the reimbursement. Then you've got the outcomes. Then you have the star ratings. And then on top of this, I've got to make sure that my plan of care is matching up with the OASIS because ultimately it's about taking care of the patient, right? Correct. So if I'm an agency owner, how do I know if my charts are good or not good? So I think one of those pieces, of course, is the analytics. If you're looking for um, an outsourced provider to help you along the way. Um, so we always track every change that we do. Um, that helps to let the agencies know what they need to improve on with their clinical documentation, because, again, that's the foundation for everything else that happens afterward. So a part of our job is not just to review the OASIS, but to put that effort into um, making the clinical teams better, to helping them understand why we answer things a certain way. So within our platform, like I said, we enter all of those changes. We add all of those official guidance as to why we change that specific item. Because for me, as a clinician myself, I always want to know why. If I did something, why are you changing it? I want to know why. Um, and that helps the clinician to learn and to better understand the OASIS so that when they go out to, to do their next OASIS, it will stand out in their head. Oh, yeah, they recommended this because of this. Um Another thing when we enter those OASIS changes, we're entering those with what the clinician did initially and then what we are recommending. That way, when the agency pulls a report within our platform, 
it will actually drill down to which clinician had X amount of changes so they can see, okay, these clinicians may need a little extra help. And not only that, but it drills down to what area they need help in. So, you know, do they need help in answering the functional items? Is that where they had the most changes? So that way they can kind of tailor fit, you know, an education plan for that specific clinician. Well, we obviously all share the value of analytics with what we do. Um, But if you were to give agencies the top three things to look for if they were going to consider outsourcing their OASIS documentation, or maybe they're thinking of whether or not to outsource, what would you say are those top three things? I think they have to feel comfortable with us. They also need to ask themselves, you know, do they feel comfortable that the clinician's OASIS and documentation is a true reflection of the patient's needs and what the patient's getting. Um, they need to see, you know, am I leaving any money? They may not even realize that they are not leaving, you know, or that they are leaving money on the table. Um, and then what impact um, is the way that the OASIS is being answered? How is that impacting their outcomes and their five-star ratings? So you, you, you broke up there just a, just briefly. So you're, you're saying the three things are, are a true reflection of the, the, the patient's care. That's, that's the first one. Are they leaving mm-hmm. potentially money on the table, right? Because, hey, last thing you want to do is do services at a discount, right? Especially in today's market, right? And then yeah. they, the third thing is the outcomes in the star rating. So those are the three things. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, clinicians, their job is to take care of the patient's. And they do a great job of that, but they don't always understand how to answer the OASIS items and how they impact the agency as a whole. Um, because ultimately, how they fill out the documentation impacts the agency. And so we want to make sure that they understand how each part of that OASIS impacts, of course, the patient care, which is the most critical, but also how it affects the agency and that agency's growth. Yeah. So how do I still know, though? So do you guys... When you guys are doing comparison trials, I know we, we do comparison trials where you say, hey, you know, with an agency wanting to to look and, and understand, hey, am I am I maximizing these three areas or what else could I, I could be missing? When you're doing these comparison trials, what are you typically seeing in those reviews? And, and for the audience, what a comparison trial mm-hmm. is, is a lot of agencies are wanting to know, um, hey, am I, am I maximizing these three areas or, or what am I missing? Right. And so we get some calls from time to time and, and they'll want to say, Hey, can you guys do a comparison trial? Or, you know, other people say QA, can QA our staff because either if they have it internal, they want to know, Hey, are we doing good internally? Or, you know, they may be looking to outsource, um, but they want to know how good or, 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 you know, are they doing a good job? Are they not doing a good job? And then what can we, or what can another company do for them? Right. And so in these mm-hmm. comparison trials and your experience, when you do those, what are you typically seeing in those comparison trials that, um, that, that, that our audience should know? Um, a lot of times you won't necessarily see a change in reimbursement. Um, but there's that accuracy piece, um, again, and with the, um, w- with the outcome measures, because there's some items that they don't necessarily impact the reimbursement, but they do impact your outcomes and your five-star items. 
just like I was saying earlier, like shortness of breath, um, that's an outcome measure and a five-star item. Um, doesn't impact your reimbursement. So we want to make sure that, you know, we are getting, you know, the reimbursement that they are deserved, but we are also answering everything accurately, you know, so that everybody knows that's involved with that patient care exactly what's going on with that patient. So um, what what I typically see is some corrections needed with the coding, of course, um, sequencing guidelines, primary diagnosis, um, you know, with the focus of care, um, with that being corrected. And the, the biggest thing that we see with the OASIS is the M1800 items, the functional items. And those are huge um, because most of those items are all outcome measures. Um, several of them are five-star measures. All of them, except for the 1845, the toileting hygiene, all of those are PDGM measures. So those are huge. And that's the biggest opportunity that we see um, when doing comparison trials because, um, again, clinicians don't always understand how to answer the OASIS correctly and they're answering how the patient actually does the task instead of how they do the task safely. So if I'm going to be looking for care, I'm going to go to this website. I'm going to look at their quality ratings, their star ratings, because ultimately as a patient, I want to get better and I want to know that their past patients have rated this company as a good company. And so I know if they're a five-star and their feedback is good, I can feel more confident that I'm going to have a successful home health experience and, and get that healing, right? Right, yeah. So, and from, you know, the quality of that agency, you want to know that you're going to get better. Um, you know, if I have a wound, I want to know that when they're done with me, that that wound is, is healed. I want to get the very best care. And so, you know, those five-star items, those outcome measures, all of those things, um, that is what the agency needs to show their value. That's, it's critical. Let me go back to one thing. You mentioned um, the analytics and how you're tracking the changes to the chart. Why, how does the documentation and how does the documentation impact agency growth? And why, why, why are you tracking that? Well, again, I think that by tracking that, they're able to see where the need is, you know, on a, on a clinician level um, and as a whole, you know, where does the, the agency as a whole, where do they need to focus their education on? And then drilling it down again to the clinician level to see what they need. So Jessica, what are some new services that you are seeing in the marketplace to help meet the needs and the demands, especially given the clinical shortage that we're seeing? Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest things here lately is the Oasis Live or the um, Live QA, as some people call it. Um, that has been huge because um, it's saving the clinicians a lot of time with their documentation because any field clinician will tell you that the documentation for a start of care or basically any OASIS is very extensive. Um, so with the OASIS Live, what the clinician does is they just let us know when they're going to see that patient and when we can expect their call. Um, we go ahead and review the chart. That way we kind of get an idea 
of the of what's going on with the patient. They call us report. Um, you know, we take down any of the notes that they give us and plug it directly into the OASIS. Um, we are able to discuss with them, you know, in real time what's going on with the patient and suggest, you know, for those example, for the functional items. You know, they may think, okay, yeah, the patient can dress themselves, but can they do it safely? So we're able to have that open dialogue with them, um, make sure that it's, you know, answered to the very best, you know, that it can be. Um, do the plan of care for them, which is very time consuming. You know, you have to be very patient specific and, you know, put all those details and everything in there. So we're doing that as well. Um, and then it's sent back to the agency for finalization and, and, and it's out the door. So typically, you know, we're off the phone with them within, you know, 15 minutes or so per patient. And then um, typically we're getting the chart back to them the same day. So I think that's huge, not just for the clinician, but also for the agency with the turnaround time, because most of the time they're getting it back the same day. And you're doing this directly in their EMR. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I appreciate you you being with us today and, and answering some of these questions because I know there can be a lot of confusion out there when we're talking about coding and, and coding is more than just coding a chart. We're talking about reviewing an OASIS. We're talking about reviewing a, a plan of care, making sure that matches up to the OASIS. It's the impact of your, your outcomes. It's the impact of your star ratings. And, and then you got discharges on top of that. So, um, you, you've, you've done a great job of really laying out the importance of, you know, coding, why you do what you do and the importance of, you know, having agencies potentially say, Hey, if we want to look at growth, this may be a potential area that we're missing and we don't even know it. Right, so I, yeah. I, I appreciate that, um, a, a lot. Now it's a tough decision though, because when I look at this, if, if based off everything you've told me today, and, and my experience in, in this field is that if, if I am looking to outsource, this is a really, this is a big decision because ultimately it impacts my financials and it also impacts the brand, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we all know that there is competition in your area and mentioning, you know, the quality ratings and the star ratings, those, those are impactful because at the end of the day, you know, people use the Google, right? And, or, or home yeah. health compare. I, I like the word the Google better, but I mean... <laughs> We'll go with home health compare, right? And to see, hey, should I even go to this agency? Should I even call them? Um, and not only that, but it sounds like that as you're growing in your marketplace, or if you're looking to grow, uh, those ratings also would impact, you, you know, your referral base, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this is a really big deal, um, and it's impactful to your financials. It's impactful to your brand. It's impactful to how you get referrals and your growth. And, um, there is a, it is a tough market right now. I mean, there, there's a lot of clinician shortages out there and it's hard to find great talent. Um, I'm proud. I'm so proud of Maddie, Maddie, my 17 year old. I mean, she's, she's 17 years old and she has to get up at four 30 to make coffee. She's a barista. I already told you that. Yeah. But we like our coffee early. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it, it is real. It's a real problem today. And I, I love the solution of the live oasis. Uh, I think that's great. I think the industry needs to continue to create services to help meet the need um, in this ever-changing market for agencies because it's, it's, it's tough out there. So, man, great job, Jessica. really appreciate you sharing with us uh, your experience, what you're seeing. And, um, you know, I would just encourage anybody that, 
is looking to outsource or that maybe even has an internal staff that they'd like to say, hey, you know what, I'd like to QA to see if we're missing anything, that there's a lot of great companies out there. And uh, take the time to, you know, meet with two or three uh, and get comfortable. I love how you said you want them to be comfortable with you. Um, And ultimately, one of the things that I see a lot is that I get the company itself, right? That, hey, this company has a good name. But but I also would tell the listeners that it really comes down to who really is doing the service, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's like, hey, who's going to be assigned to my account? How much experience do they have? And so there's really questions behind the questions that, that, that people need to be asking to make sure, hey, this is a really good fit because it's kind of like moving your bank account. You ever moved your bank account? Yeah, it's such a pain. Mm-hmm. You don't realize where all you have put those numbers in accounts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I realized how broke I was. That's what I realized. <laughs> I thought I had more accounts. But no, it's it's a pain to to move. It's a you know, because you gotta, you know, you get everyone used to a system and a process and, and so it's a really big decision. And so make sure that, you know, if you're if you're looking to outsource, really take the time to do that. Don't make that a, a quick decision. And the other thing I would say that what I've learned is during during this time of of covid that you never know what can happen and so um i would always encourage everyone to have a b plan in place because if you're going to keep it internal uh you know depending on your size and and how much uh how many staff members you do have if a couple happen to you know i always say go down it's a bad that's a bad way of saying it but you know some people can't come to work you know and they're out for a while that can really uh put a damper um, on your processes. So always have, also always have a B plan. So even if you do it internal, you're saying, Hey, we're cool here. I I would encourage people to say, Hey, what's the B plan in case something happens here? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Agree. Well, Hey, Jessica, thank you so much again, just for being with us and being willing to share your knowledge about coding and Oasis reviews and plan of cares and just some of your insight. And this is a very important topic for home health agencies. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. We must sign off now until our next episode, which will be coming out next month. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, we'll have that coming out uh, probably, what, 30 days? Yeah. Yep. yeah. We try to get the first week of the month. That's our goal. That's our, that's our trigger. Yep. All right. Well, hey, everyone, thank you so much. Have a great day, and thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.